Hello and welcome to Her Fierce Mind podcast, an unedited, authentic podcast dedicated to and designed for women to sit and discuss all things related to women's health, fitness, mindset and growth. I'm Alicia Jaffrey and I'm your host here on Her Fierce Mind. I'm a personal trainer, coach and founder of Aptitude Health Co and also a current physiotherapy and yoga teacher student with my fair share of close to seven years in my own personal development journey. Health to me encompasses all physical, mental, emotional and spiritual aspects of life, so I'm here to empower and educate women as they step into their power throughout their health journeys. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, my amazing, wonderful, fabulous listener. Thank you for joining in to this episode today. Today is going to be episode 11. And in this episode, I go into how you should or could be training and eating around your menstrual cycle. So I give you a very bang, bang, pointer, quick, brief, to the point chat about how you can best do those from phase one through to phase four. If you enjoy the episode, please let me know, give a review on whatever tool you're listening on today, or please feel free to send me any questions, concerns, feedback to at aptitudehealth.co. And I am recording from my workspace today and on my laptop so I apologize if if it sounds a little bit scratchy um your input and feedback of the episode still is very very much appreciated I hope you enjoy and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Her Fierce Mind podcast. I wanted to, first of all, say thank you so, so much for joining me again today. It has been far too long since I've sat down and recorded another episode, Um, but I think I just, I take my authenticity of recording these a little bit too seriously, I think. Um, I don't like to sit down and record if I feel like they're going to be forced or if I'm not going to be present while I'm presenting to you, Um, and my work life has just been absolutely mental at the moment. I'm so, so busy and This one just took a bit of a back burner because in the moments that I um, could record, I just was not in the right mindset uh, or frame of mind to sit down and record authentically. But here we are. And if you are a previous listener, I could not thank you enough for coming back and joining me today. Um, You are an angel. And I am so, so grateful for you. And if you're a new listener here, thank you and welcome. And I promise I'm going to try to improve on this consistency. Holy moly. Um, But getting into today, I am basically growing on a couple of concepts that I mentioned in one of my previous um, recordings, which went into the menstrual cycle in detail. So this episode is going to be going into how you can train and nourish yourself through, um, you know, movement and your nutrition that can best sync up 
and complement the different stages that you might be in your menstrual cycle. Um, my disclaimer to this is that if you are on some form of hormonal birth control, uh, depending on the one that you want, this isn't for all of them, but a lot of this information is not going to be overly relevant in terms of the application. So um, that just comes down to the idea that a lot of hormonal birth controls just flatline your uh, hormones, which means that you're not going to have the fluctuations and changes in um, how you should train uh, most effectively to cooperate with your hormones and the same concept with your nutrition. But I will, as I'm going along, hopefully remember just to kind of touch back uh, in the fact that you, when you are on a hormonal birth control, you can pretty well trust that if you are following a um, effective and efficient training program, you can basically progress in a li linear um, fashion. For the most part, obviously, you still have some external factors, but it can be pretty linear and your nutrition just needs to be a hopefully anti-inflammatory but balanced um, nutrition income, basically. So I will try and refer back to it, but even if you are on a form of hormonal uh, contraceptive, please listen because it's so interesting to know this kind of stuff and it's not like you can't change it up the you know you link yourself up to these similar kind of templates it just means that you're not necessarily doing it to relate back to your um hormonal status at any point in time it's just so that you can feel a little bit cyclic so more than welcome to implement it yourself but it's not necessarily a physiological benefit like it would um for anyone with their menstrual cycle, okay? So what I'm going to go into is, first of all, talking nutrition, not necessarily um, prescription of things. It's more just a general template and guide of um, how you can best influence or um, work with your hormones through nutrition in the different phases. And then I'll lead into training, which is definitely my... Um, biggest expertise area so that's where I'm going to spend the most time um, but I will reference back to a few different archetypes because I don't think I mentioned those in the previous one so I will touch on those throughout today as well um, and if I do like I said remember I will touch back to also some sort of um, if you have fertility issues in terms of PCOS endo and things like that okay so first off going into your nourishment okay so quick reminder there are the four phases of your cycle if this is all new information that I'm about to go through please go back to one of my previous episodes and have a listen to it because it's very foundational to what we're running through today it'll make a little bit more sense Okay, but in that first phase, you are um, going to be a lot more catabolic. Okay, so your first and fourth phase, so your first phase is your bleed, the last phase is that premenstrual um, week or so. That is when you're catabolic. Okay, so you're very high in progesterone, LH, and whatnot, and that leads to a catabolic sort of metabolism. Uh, within the body. So you're going to have a higher body temperature, you're going to be able to tolerate fats and proteins a lot more, and you're going to have a much better response to, um, you know, high intensity forms of training. So um, 
that is when you can almost do a lot of fasting or you can lower your calories. So rather than doing a whole um, phase of uh, low calories or a deficit, you can actually just do it in that phase where your hormones are going to be most beneficial. You're not necessarily going to feel like you're losing your marbles the whole time. Um, so that can kind of be your deficit area in the month is in that first and fourth phase. So you'd probably start it in the fourth leading into your first. Okay. Then phase two and three. So those middle phases, um, as you're coming off of your bleed and then into and around your ovulation, is actually when your body can tolerate your carbohydrates better. So for myself, I have a lot of carbs um, in that phase of my cycle. My partner and I will often have different meals to cater to that. Um, but your body will want the fuel. It is in its anabolic state. So increase the calories, increase your carbs. Um, and your if you're training in relation to that phase of your cycle as well, your body's going to need it as a response to your training. Also, so that is very, very brief, but it's um, a little insight into how you can best benefit those. Um, fat is a really big one for me when I'm going into my um, fourth and first phase. I have a lot of fats, a lot of um, fatty meats and stuff like that. And um, it definitely helps with energy for me, um, but I actually feel more hungry, or at least in my last one, I felt more hungry. So that was kind of how I still tried to complement my hunger, but without using as many carbs as I would have in the earlier uh, phases of my cycle. Okay, brief, boom, to the point. Second is looking into your training. So with your training, I'm going to go in order of the phases again, one through to four. So in my first phase, and that for me is about day one to day five, I am not training. So if I am in the gym and I do any form of movement, it is that. It is just movement. I'm not following any sort of particular program or anything like that. And that's just purely by choice. I don't feel like it when I'm on my period. And to be quite honest, I don't feel like I should. Um, I often work really long days and I'm more tired in general around then. And I'm not going to risk some sort of injury by um, accumulating too much uh, volume or intensity into sessions where our body just is not physiologically um, capable of withstanding that. So um, I might do some yoga, um, just like gentle walks. Um, this, this cycle, I did a lot of work in the gym still, just because that was where I was. But I did a lot of, uh, yeah, rehabby sort of work, um, very light body weight handstands, juggling um, mobility and stuff like that. Uh, phase two is when I really up the ante in my programming and I love it. It's my favorite phase of the, um, cycle. So I am leading into my high reps, but I'm just increasing my volume. So um, sometimes I'll stick to that same program, but I'm increasing the load, I'm increasing the volume, so my intensity of the sessions, and I feel like I can take on the world. I can do a lot um, longer sessions, so 60 minutes or more, I can actually withstand that, and um, very, very productive in that. Then leading in, it kind of depends for me. I find that 
phase two sometimes is when I benefit the most from my strength. Sometimes it's phase three. Um, but I usually am training very similarly, but I will really up the weights in the following week. So in that phase three around my ovulation, I am doing close to 100% max. You know what I mean? So I'm doing um, sets and reps of strength. Uh, strength ranges so I'm working from one to five five being a very maximum in that week um so yeah very high loads and um not so much intensity then because the the intensity of just my um strength training takes it out of me by then um but I perform really really well then so it's actually interesting I um got a lot of pbs a, a couple of months ago um in my strength block you know, like from movements that I hadn't actually like purposefully have trained for strength in quite a period of time. So um, I was getting PBs that whole week and I was like, what in the fuck? And I think that just came down to, yeah, like the where I was in my cycle. And I was like, oh, noted, gotcha, gotcha body, I listen. Um, and so I really follow that to a T now. If I know ovulation is coming up or I'm in that um, kind of time period, I will literally shove in my strength, really high strength sessions then. Uh, so that that's a really great time to do testing. Uh, obviously, if you've got your other stresses under control. Um, and then leading into phase four, um, that is a lot of the time when I'm doing a lot of um, hit. I can take on a lot more uh, intensity. Um, but then again, it just depends. If I really lead into that premenstrual phase, um, I drop it back a little bit and I'm doing I'm more likely to do like shorter hit sessions, but I still just control that intensity. So I have been wearing a MyZone because we got one as a part of one of the um, challenges that we have in the gym at the moment or coming up at the moment. And um, I really like use that a lot in that phase because it's usually when I'm the most uh, tired, like a super duper fatigued. So um, I like to have that to be able to measure my intensity throughout the sessions. You know, if I'm staying above 90% of my heart rate for fucking like half an hour, I know I'm going to be absolutely fried and cooked by the end of it and I'm not going to, unless I'm going straight home to go eat and go to bed, I'm just not going to function well for the rest of the day. So it's something that I take um, like very closely then because I need to still, you know, be a functioning human at work um, and as a partner. So that is when I'm watching that quite a bit. Um, but your body can tolerate it a little bit better leading in um, from that phase three. So that is a really good reference point. The other thing that I did want to touch on, um, I'm going fast through this, guys. Maybe this is just like a speedy take a listen, take this on. I, I kind of like it. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, but the other thing I did want to touch on, because I couldn't remember if I did it in the previous episodes, was touching on the archetypes that you may find yourself in um, throughout the different phases of your cycle. So in um, in relation to those, you're normally, you've got the wise woman, the goddess or the maiden, the nurturer or mother and the wild woman. So I use these to, to, to a degree because I do find them pretty relatable. Um, but one that I've used more of like a summary of those archetypes is the dream give, no, what is it? 
dream, do, give, and take. And so that would work dream, phase one, do, phase two, three, phase three. Wait. (laughs) I don't know if I stumbled over my words then, but my brain definitely glitched. Phase two is do. Phase three is give and phase four is your take. Um, And it definitely matches those archetypes if you look into those. Um, But I use that. I actually put that in my calendar and my diary. And it's a good thing also to just refer back to if you've got quite a big um, uh, work schedule or social life and whatnot. Um, If you have that sort of in your calendar, okay, this phase I'm coming into this one. I'm leading into this phase or next month I should technically be around this phase on that date. You can kind of schedule yourself um, into that cyclic manner. So you're doing things in your day-to-day life that actually will match the archetypes and where your energy and your moods are probably going to be based on your cycle. So if you have good body literacy and you can understand where you're at and what your body and your mind is normally at, in response to your hormones or deficiencies and etc then I really strongly recommend doing that you know don't schedule super long days like I have (laughs) the last couple of weeks when you're in those um slower phases of your cycle uh like phase four and phase one um because you are just your body is just not going to handle it very well um and it cops you you know you, you basically have to cop that so um it's a good thing to refer back to. Um, I also wanted to touch back on if you are on the pill especially, um, for your nourishment, there's a few supplements that you can often um, take. So magnesium, for example, is one and there's no real accurate way of just measuring magnesium um but you can't just od on magnesium either so there isn't severe side effects it's similar to like a protein intake you your body just will not absorb us over a certain amount um but the pill often um affects your ability to properly absorb a number of nutrients because it and that's the reason that it affects your um gut microbiome and your vaginal microbiome so um drastically and so those um vitamins minerals um biomes etc are magnesium zinc vitamin d and a few of your b complexes so if you're on some sort of supplementing um regime already then perfect but if not I would really strongly encourage you to look into those if you're on the pill um, because they can have really really amazing um, effects on your your mood your ability to train your ability to um, build muscle or lose body fat your moods energy etc can all very much play a role in terms of um the biochemistry in your body. Um, So I would strongly recommend looking into some of those. Um, But then the other things to touch on, PCOS especially, your HIIT training is very likely to take the absolute life out of you. So um, if you are experiencing PCOS at all um, and maybe you aren't on any form of contraception, which by the way, if you aren't, absolutely amazing, and the reason that I say that for anyone who isn't um, in a lot of the world with PCOS is that the um, kind of modern uh, treatment for the pill is, uh, sorry, 
for PCOS is to put you on the pill. So if you do experience and have been diagnosed with PCOS and you're no longer on the pill or you chose not to, then you are a boss bitch and I love you for that. Um, but uh, whether you're on the pill or not with PCOS, um, HIIT training can often really take it out of you. So doing just really effective and efficient strength training or resistance training sessions are going to do very much the same in terms of uh, controlling the level of stress and inflammation in the body, which is obviously a very big part of PCOS and the pain and symptoms that you experience on a superficial level anyways. So um, I would strongly recommend just slowing it down. You know, when you feel like you can tolerate a bit more volume or intensity, then absolutely go ahead. But just measure and have a read of the effect that it may be having on your body. When I say that, I mean like by body literacy, the effect that it has on you personally before, after, during a particular session. Okay. Um, thank you for joining me. I don't know. Maybe I was talking really fast. I don't know. If you could give me some feedback on this, if you thought um, it was still something you got a lot out of, or if you have a few more questions, please let me know. Because um, this is a very big passion area for me. So I don't know if I've maybe just gotten more um, efficient at just jotting out the really important points um but if you got something out of it today also please give me some feedback and let me know i love to hear that i am helping in some sort of a way um but otherwise i will see you in the next episode which i promise will actually be next week thank you again you're all amazing and i cannot wait to speak with you again Mwah.